Hi, everyone, and welcome to 7 Mile Chats, a podcast where each week I, Julia Struckley, talk with someone about a scripture verse of their choosing, and we look at that scripture from different angles. I'm a scripture teacher at a Catholic school. I've been a youth minister, and I have a master's in theology. But the purpose of this podcast is just to have a conversation about scripture and try to apply it to today's world. And today I'm walking and talking with someone I've not yet met in person, but is a match from Podmatch. She's an artist and an author with her first book coming out in January. Uh, She has received an art degree with ceramics concentration from Anderson University. She has won the 2019 Outstanding Art Major Ceramics Award. She was a 701 Center for Contemporary Art Prize finalist. And her art can be found in various galleries around the Carolinas and Tennessee. It's Morgan McCarver. Hi, Morgan. Hi. Thank you so much for having me, Julia. Thanks for being here. What else would you like to share with the listeners about yourself? You did a great job leading in. My <laughs> name my name is Morgan, and I'm originally from South Carolina. I moved to Asheville, North Carolina about two years ago, and I love living here. I love the art scene. Um, and the reason the book came about um, that you mentioned earlier is I had scoliosis growing up. I learned about it. Um, when I was about in fifth grade. And then about three years later in eighth grade, I had to have spinal fusion surgery. And that really got me into pottery. I was recovering, so I wasn't able to dance, which was usually what I loved to do. That was my hobby. And I couldn't do that during recovery. So I, uh, my mom signed me up for a pottery class, and I took that first kids camp and really just fell in love with it. And that really steered the whole trajectory of my career. I ended up going to school for it, like you mentioned, and it's really what brought me to Asheville and has shaped my life today. And I credit all of that back to God. Um, And that's really what God the Artist is about. So the name of the book, I didn't mention that in my intro, but the name of the book is God the Artist. Is that correct? It is, yes. That's awesome. And so it's coming coming out in January. Do you have a specific release date or just sometime that month? January 9th. So we're getting close and I'm so excited. This really started about a year ago. I um, Well, it really started in 2019 when I graduated. I started working on a rough draft. I just felt the Holy Spirit calling me um, to work on a devotion book for potters showing all of the pottery references in the Bible um, because that was something I wanted to read when I graduated with my degree and I couldn't really find anything at the time that matched what I was looking for. And so this started way back in 2019 just kind of trying to write, seeing what was happening Um, through different circumstances. I ended up praying and the Holy Spirit told me I didn't really have enough experience. And um, the Holy Spirit was right. I really didn't. But Mm -hmm. I have come so far in just this short amount of time, just these couple of years, um, just different things. That was when I moved. So many different things have brought me to where I am. And those experiences are really what allowed me to be able to write God the Artist. And um, then I got the acceptance letter in early spring. And it's just been a year long, crazy uh, ride of publication with Morgan James. And it's been a great experience. And so I'm really, really looking forward to this coming January 9th when the when God the Artist is finally released and um, everybody can read it. That's so cool. So the concept of the book is taking um, scripture passages that have to relate to God the potter specifically, and then you kind of reflect on them? Or, or can you elaborate a little bit more about the premise of the book? 
Of course. Uh, you have the gist of it. Basically, I go through the Bible and find all of the pottery and artistic references that I can, especially pottery references, and I'm incorporating them into the book. And um, so I start with the very beginnings, the very basics. I say you don't have to be a potter to understand the book, and you don't have to be a Christian either. I kind of walk you through that as we go through the book. And so the very first chapter of God the Artist is just talking about clay and what is clay? What does clay look like? Where do you get clay? And it can actually be dug straight from the ground. And so we talk about that and how that is paralleled to um, Adam and Eve, how God creates Adam directly from the earth and how that is just a beautiful parallel symbolism. And we just move forward from there and dive deeper into the techniques of ceramics and pottery. And then as well, we're diving deeper into our Christian faith alongside of that as well. Oh, I think that's so cool. It's such a cool concept, especially since that's something that led you to your your spirituality. It sounds like what you described earlier with your your mom and like what she signed you up for and then how that helped you kind of to figure out who you are. And I love that um, connection to God as an artist. Um, I myself, I'm a musician and I, I love art though in general. I'm such an art enthusiast and I've like dabbled in paints and things. I'm not any good, but I just love the, the idea that you can like experiment too with art. You know, there's no real like wrong way to do it in my mind. I don't know if you would agree. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I talk about that in God the Artist too, just about, it's not about being the best. It's about trying and it's mm-hmm. about embracing your creativity because God gave you that creativity. Um, and I fully believe that like in the beginning, God created, that's the first verb ever used in the Bible. If you just open it up to Genesis And just moving forward, God created humans in his own image. And so if we truly believe that we're created in God's image, then we have to believe that all of us are creative because God is creative. And so embracing our own creativity and finding joy in the creative process comes from God. And we're honoring him by um, creating and bringing, finding that joy through the creative process. We're honoring him in that way. And I think that's just so beautiful. Yeah, I agree. That is, I've never, I mean, I've studied scripture and I've never thought to be like, oh, what's the first verb that's used in, <laughs> and that's that's amazing. But then you're right, because then we do believe that we're made in his image and likeness. So I, I love that. I can't, I can't wait. I don't want to get to get too ahead of ourselves because we have to talk about the verse that you've chosen, which obviously I feel like we've kind of foreshadowed and, and led into a little bit of what it's going to be. But we're going to talk about Jeremiah 18 and we're going to read verses one through four of Jeremiah 18. So um, if you don't mind, I'll have you read that for us. Of course. I'm reading from the ESV Archaeological Study Bible and Jeremiah 18, one through four says, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there he was working at his wheel, and the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. Okay, and we'll talk more about the chapter in general because I feel like we can't just stop there. But um, I am going to give a little like historical context. So we've talked about some passages from Jeremiah before. Jeremiah was a major prophet during the time of the Babylonian exile when people from Israel were being taken captive to Babylon. Babylon was like the major power at this time, was invading Israel, destroying. Ultimately, the Babylonians destroyed um, the temple in Jerusalem. And so it was a very chaotic and just like, uncertain, unstable time for unstable for um, the Israelites. And so these prophets were being sent to try to warn, warn the people of Israel, but also to comfort the people of Israel in this time. And so I love that this verse 
um, that Jeremiah gets this vision or this message from God reminding the people that he is their potter. So I love that. And so I, my first question for you is why did you choose this? I feel like we kind of know at this point, but <laughs> why did you choose, why did you choose this, this particular verse, Morgan? Of course. Um, well, I chose this because this is probably when I talk about uh, pottery in the Bible, this is what people think about. Jeremiah mm-hmm. 18 is probably the most well-known pottery reference in the Bible. And so knowing that it would be familiar to the audience, I thought this would be a great place to start. Um, There are, of course, so many other references, but they're a little bit more obscure or they take a little bit more um, in-depth study to really get into it. So I thought this would be a great place to start, a little taste of what God the Artist talks about. And um, it's something that people are familiar with. And so I don't want you to have to give away your whole book because we want people to, you know, buy the book and like read about it. But when you are reflecting on this passage in, um, can you give us a little taste of like, what are some things you're pulling or getting from it? Of course. So it's beautiful that God has led me through this journey um, because I'm able to see things from a potter's perspective as well as uh, from a Christian's perspective. So thinking about it from the potter's perspective, the potter's sitting at this pottery wheel um, and it's called throwing pottery. um, You're turning the pieces on the wheel. And so you've probably seen this on, they seem to do this on medication commercials, but I'm sure you've seen pottery <laughs> somewhere in, in pop culture. Um, yeah. So funny. I've never thought that they, I'm, I've never thought about that, but you as a, a potter would probably be like, why are they always, that's so funny. Yeah, I'm like, well, how does that relate to that medication? But that's right. okay. Um, you know, so, <laughs> so you've probably seen somebody throwing pottery, throwing clay on a potter's wheel. Um, and so the idea of the wheel turning and the clay is turning and the potter is manipulating this clay and something happens. We don't exactly know what happens to this clay. Um, Maybe it was too wet or too dry, or maybe he threw the piece too thin. We don't exactly know, but something causes the clay to just completely mess up and just fall, uh, fall apart. And the potter takes the clay off the wheel and he has to rework the clay and then he throws it into another vessel. And I think this is just so beautiful because um, it shows our lives. So when I was learning to throw, I had such a hard time. And I tell people it took me years. It probably took me five or six years to actually learn how to center the clay, get it exactly centered on the wheel. Um, and I'm not wobbling around. And if you've thrown pottery before or taken a class, you're familiar with that idea. But um, the idea is you want the clay perfectly centered on the wheel because if it's not if it's off center then everything gets thrown off balance and the walls of your pot will be uneven and the lip the top of your pot one side will be higher than the other and it won't be as they say an honest pot it won't be as solid and secure it's more prone to cracking you're going to have a harder time working with it it's not going to be quite as Um, functional or beautiful because of these things. So it's still useful, but it's just not where you're striving at. And um, so I think this is such a beautiful uh, parallel to the Christian walk. We have to be centered in Jesus, in the word of God, center our lives on God's promises to be able to walk the straight path, walk um, in the way that is perfect and pleasing to God. And of course, we can't do that. We live in a fallen world and everything, you know, we're sinful by nature. But, um, you know, if we mess up, if that happens, if the clay falls to the wheelhead, if we have some drastic issue in our lives, um, 
the potter doesn't just throw away that clay. That clay is still useful, but you can't use it immediately. The potter had to rework that clay um, and it's called wedging. It's very similar to kneading dough. It's kind of working that clay back into a homogenous unit, evening out the water, um, getting out all of the air bubbles. And so the potter had to rework that clay before he could throw it again. And I think that's beautiful with our lives too. Like if I mess up, it's not an immediate fix. I'll have to go through some things um, to come out on the other side, but God is promising that redemption. Oh my gosh. I, there's so many things that as you were speaking, like jumped out at me. So I have taken a pottery class. I think I've taken a two and I was terrible at it. And I know two is not enough to like get a handle on things at all, but I was, I was definitely experiencing the things that you're describing. Like, um, not, I think just mastering the, like the pedal and just like the speed of, and you can yeah. respond to this, like that was like a difficult, like knowing what was the pace that I should be going so that I wasn't going too fast or too slow. And then obviously getting everything even. Um, so I can totally relate to that. I don't know if you wanted to respond to that. Oh yeah. The pedal that can, that's a whole new thing too. And again, <laughs> symbolic in our lives, right? If we're, if we're moving too slowly through life or too quickly, things can happen. Um, but yeah, the pedal, I always tell people it's similar to driving a car, but if you take your foot off the pedal, the wheel keeps going at that speed. You actually have to push your heel down to turn the pedal off. Um, so that does take some getting used to. Yeah, I think that was my biggest issue. And and I'm not a patient person at all. And so um, I, I would love for you to like your take on this too. Like, I'm assuming that patience is required <laughs> when you're trying to <laughs> deform something. Is that correct? <laughs> oh, yes. And I completely agree with you. I'm not very patient either. And that was one of my struggles that I talk about. Just, I want I want to work as quickly as I want to work. And that's not how the clay works. Yeah. Um, depending on the weather, the humidity in the room, if it's raining, there's so many things that come into play about whether the clay is dry or not. And you can't plan it out because of the humidity and the rain and the weather. Um, it really depends on, you know, is it so cold that the heat's kicking on? Now my pot's going to dry out quicker. Um, mm -hmm. So there's all these little elements and facets to everything that the clay is going to um help you determine what you do for the day, um, which is so interesting, too, that the clay really goes at its own pace, um, which which is very interesting. But the, depending on if the clay is dry or not, I might have a plan for the day that I can't complete because the clay is not ready. And that makes me very impatient. So I completely get what you're saying. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize that, I guess, because I I've took two classes. So I don't really know much, but I like that would be, I'm such a planner. So I think that would be frustrating for me if, and that's probably why it was frustrating for me. It's like things were not going to plan. So therefore I'm going to give up. I'm not good at this, but mm -hmm. I think it's such a good metaphor. Obviously I'm not, I mean, great that I think it's a good metaphor. Obviously it's a good metaphor. You know, God uses it in the scriptures, but like that um, for our relationship with him too, because things don't always go according to our plan in our, in our lives. And God certainly doesn't, you know, so you were describing like what the clay like has to kind of dictate in the weather and there's and we don't really get to choose what's going to happen in that moment necessarily. And that's kind of like our relationship with God as well. There's an element of we just kind of have to let go and like kind of see what happens. And as you mentioned earlier, like center, make sure if we're doing what we can, then we'll do our best. But it's nothing is guaranteed. I don't know if you agree with yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I would say so. And looking at it as um 
God the potter and we are the clay. Um, we have free will. God has given us that. Mm-hmm. Of course, he knows everything. And so he knows the timing that's going to happen and what needs to happen. And I don't know that in the studio. I could look ahead to the weather, but there's no way for me to know um, like God knows. But it is interesting in that way that to an extent, we do have free will of choosing how fast or how slowly we're going to listen and respond to what God's calling us to do. Mm-hmm. And me as a scripture person too, like I gave that little kind of historical brief background, but I'm trying to, I'm always trying to, you know, within the context of this, like, why would this, this image of the potter or this prophecy given to Jeremiah, like, I'm trying to think and we can kind of talk out, talk it out together, like why we think this message might be comforting for the people at the time. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Sure. Well, the Israelites, you know, they're constantly in that cycle of trusting God and doubting God. And mm-hmm. um, I think this is a beautiful example of as many times as the Israelites stray away from God, he promises redemption. Um, just like the potter takes that clay and reworks it and puts it back on the wheel and makes something beautiful. Um, I think that's a great example in this chapter of showing uh, the visual of that, that Things that look beautiful at the time might not be the final product. Um, you might have to, if something happens, it might. Uh, you might have to step back. You know, you might have to redo some things, start at the baby steps again, rework your life to get to where you go. And I completely relate to that with my scoliosis surgery. I was at the top of my game um, athletically. I was competitively dancing. And I had just made it to regionals that December. And then come January, I had to have scoliosis spinal fusion surgery, which was a year-long recovery process. I couldn't dance. And my body was physically altered forever. And so I completely relate to that, starting from scratch, literally learning to walk again, literally learning all of these things that I already knew how to do as a 14-year-old teenage girl, and then starting from scratch. Um, But recognizing now Uh, 12 plus years later, looking back on that and seeing how God had made that the most beautiful part of my life, because that was the turning point. If I hadn't had that surgery, I might not have ever discovered my passion for ceramics, which is pretty much the change of my whole life. Every time something happens, I end up back in the ceramics world. And it's amazing to see how God has worked through that and worked on my heart through that whole process. And Everywhere I've ended up from working ceramics retail to teaching private lessons to working for a studio potter to working in an art museum, there's all these different facets of ceramics that I find myself in. And I haven't always wanted to do that. I thought it was just a hobby and people told me it should just be a hobby. And so it's so interesting to see um, how God uses that in your own life to say, no, you know, if you're really trusting me and you're following my will, then you should actually be doing this, Um, which has brought me to a completely different state. And it's just so amazing to see the glory of God and his uh, just all knowing will. It's amazing in my own life. And so recognizing that and seeing my experience through that, I'm able to relate to the Israelites in that way and relate to Mm -hmm. the potter and the clay and saying, this might be hard. Things down the road might be hard, but God has made so many hard things in my life beautiful that I know he can do it again. Oh, that's so amazing. Like your story is is really, it really is like, I'm not just saying that, like it is to be a 14 year old and you know, and as a teenager, we put, we're trying to figure ourselves out. And I don't know, 
I, I can speak from my own experience. I thought I took my identity and in, in certain things I was good at. So I can totally relate. For me, it was like piano. And so I can totally relate that if that was taken away from me at that young of an age, and that was something I took my identity in, that that would be totally life shattering. And especially then you add on to the part like that you're trying to relearn how to walk, like just physically the the toll that was being taken on your body. Like that's really, that's really amazing how God then and that you were open to that, right? Like that you were open to the different direction that he was going to take you. I don't know if you wanted to respond to that, but that's amazing. Well, thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) And that really does come from um, a lot of places. I think it comes from a strong um, background in my faith. I had been a Christian since about seven years old. And so that really did help. Um, My faith, of course, helped, um, but also having strong parents, strong in the faith um, and being able to when I didn't feel uh, that Mm -hmm. moment and I didn't want to talk about my surgery because I didn't talk about it for about 10 years. um, My parents were understanding and they were constantly showing me the goodness of God. And even though I could see the goodness and faithfulness of God, I didn't really connect my spinal fusion to the goodness of God um, until 10 years after, a decade after. Um, And now that I've recognized it and the Lord has allowed me to come out of that and step back and really look at that span of my life and see how the trajectory of my life has changed because of that, um, I'm just so thankful and can't help but give him the glory for that. It is, it's, it is truly a testament. And, you know, we say this, we know this, like if you look at the Paschal mystery, like suffering, death, that, but then it brings new life. And so, you know, so many of us have our own kind of versions or stories of the moments when we were suffering and then something good and new comes out of that. But it's hard, obviously, to see that in the moment. Um, but I, you know, I, like you said, giving that to God, like, because that's the model that we have from Christ, that he took that suffering and, and his death, but ultimately it was it was good. It was salvific. Um, and so I love how your story also, you know, connects and we also have our own stories. I got my question for you next is, um, are you able to still dance now? Like you mentioned, you go back, you end up going back to ceramics a lot, but are you able to do that? Some of the things you did before? Uh, I am. And after that year I did go back to dance. It wasn't the same. And so I didn't really pursue it. Um, just because physically I wasn't the same. Um, and so, you know, I had to regain some flexibility and there's some flexibility I've just lost, like, especially in my spine. Um, pretty much my entire back is fused solid. Mm -hmm. So, um, I can't bend or twist and I just never will. Um, and Mm -hmm. I know that, but, um, it was hard. It was hard to go back. Um, you know, as a teenager, body image is a real thing anyway. Um, but I did go back and I did give it my best shot and, um, the passion just wasn't there anymore. The friend group, most of my friends were older than me and they had graduated or moved on, um, different things. So I do still find, um, I love to dance still as a, um, as a workout, I do Zumba a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. so I have still found like the creative energy and outlet in that way. Um, but I really do believe that the Lord was really saying that my creative outlet, um, would be best spent (laughs) following the pottery path. Um, and it's amazing how physical pottery is too. Like a box of clay is 50 pounds. Um, and even just like manhandling the clay on the wheel, uh, and carrying pots around to shows and different things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Lord, you know my situation. You know my back. Uh, you know I'm not strong. You know, and it's amazing that you've put me here. Um, but it's also amazing to find like friends who are willing to help and different things, strangers who come up and help me, um, and just finding out my own strength. Like when I need to be able to get something done, the Lord gives me the strength to get it done. Um, and so it really is amazing in that way. 
That's also well said. And that's such a, a metaphor. I feel like we're just like metaphors upon metaphors. Today, but <laughs> and that is such a metaphor for life too. like knowing when like, like rediscovering your new strengths or new, yeah, like and, and learning your strengths, but then also knowing when to rely on others. That's really hard for me. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No, it is hard. And uh, because of that year of recovery, I've noticed like still to this day, I want to do things myself. I want to be mm-hmm. independent. I want to prove that I'm not weak. Uh, and sometimes, you know, one too many times I've pulled a back muscle or something mm-hmm. and been like, man, I shouldn't have done that. So I'm learning still to ask for help more often than I do. And I need to be better at that. Um, but it's hard. Like you said, you want to be independent, especially a female in this culture. You don't want to um, mm-hmm. s- appear as weak. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, to bring us back to the passage, um, I, I know you had mentioned initially maybe wanting to talk about some of the other parts of the passage. Um, I'm just looking at verse six, and it kind of relates to uh, verse four, like when uh, the pot or Jeremiah is describing that, like that God has to kind of reshape and try again, and and relating connecting that to like Israel essentially that they're going to have to be like the temple is going to have to be rebuilt, that they're going to have to be reformed as like a, as a community. Um, but verse six says, can I not do to you house of Israel as this potter has done? Like I, just that again, connecting that, like God is the potter and he's going to be able to do that. If a potter can do that, he is going to be able to take the Israelites to where they need to be and, and, and give them something new. So were there verses that you connected with that came later or did you want to respond to that verse? Uh, No, that's a great place to start. Um, But you're right. Just talking about how the Israelites um, are just in that cycle and then recognizing that the Lord can do this to allow the Israelites to find redemption through him. Um, But that was that was pretty much it. Just beautiful. There's beautiful poetry later on and different things like that. But just recognizing um, that God is the ultimate creator. God's the ultimate potter and he is the God of redemption. And it's beautiful to see that in these verses um, and recognizing like he knows that we're going to mess up and he knows that we're going to need him to redeem us. And it's not easy. Like I mentioned before, the clay has to be reworked and that's not always the fun process of uh, drying out the clay, squeezing out the water um, in that way and doing the things you need to do to reset the clay to be able to be worked again. Uh, it's similar to our lives. You know, if, if something happens and we go off path, it might take a little bit to get back on, but that doesn't mean it can't be done. Do you have any tips for people who maybe want to be creative, but don't know where to start, or maybe they want to start with pottery or maybe just how to, how to connect our relationship with God to that creative process? Do you have any tips for that? Of course. In God the Artist, the book, at the end of each chapter, I actually have written a creativity challenge. And it's for anyone who wants to, you know, interact with the book and really experience their own creativity. And so they're relatively open-ended for any type of um, creative outlet you choose, dancing, singing, um, throwing pottery, painting, writing, um, anything you might find creative. There's different ways in God the Artist that you can interact um, based on the chapter. And so my hope is that as you are learning more about the creativity of God and learning about all of these beautiful artistic references in the Bible, um, you're also discovering your own passion for creativity or maybe rediscovering a passion for creativity that you didn't fully think was worth pursuing. 
Um, and so that's my hope for you. If you want to talk about pottery, I'll talk about pottery all day long. Just email me and we can talk about pottery. <laughs> I don't know a lot of other art forms, but, um, or as well as I know pottery, I'm familiar with like sewing and different things. Um, but I would love to talk about art with you guys. So feel free to message, message me. Um, but also I would say just don't, don't be afraid to take the risk and recognizing you're not going to be the best at things. And God doesn't promise that we're going to be the best. God just gives us the creativity. And um, I think that's something beautiful to remember and recognize too. I know I'm not the best potter. I know I'm not the most famous potter. I don't sell the most pots, but that doesn't disqualify me from being a potter. And it doesn't mean that my pots don't have value. And I just think that's something beautiful to recognize in this uh, social media culture where we all think that everyone else is the best. Um, who is the best? You know, God's the best. Mm -hmm. God is the best. God is the ultimate artist. He is the creative. He's the potter. Um, and he's given us all these beautiful talents and we're all unique in our own specific ways. And finding joy through the creative process is just beautiful. And it's a beautiful way to honor him. And um, it shouldn't, someone else being better than you shouldn't stop you from finding your joy in that way. Oh, amen. And that's, I, I don't know if you're, are you familiar with the Enneagram at all? I am. Yes. Okay. So I'm a one, if that means anything to you. What are oh, you okay. on the Enneagram? Honestly, I don't know. I think I'm a one or a three, but I'm not sure. I haven't studied oh, it hard enough. That's okay. But I just, I, <laughs> while you were speaking, it made me think about why art, um, as someone who's not studied it and just kind of enjoys it is, is a struggle for me because I want to be like the best or perfect at everything that mm -hmm. I do. And it's, it's, if I have a vision in my mind of some of one, and that means I'm a perfectionist. And so like, if I have a vision in my mind, if I want to do a still life of something and it doesn't come out the way that I want it, like I'm not good at sketching it or painting it, then I do get frustrated. So I have to kind of tell myself and teach myself, like, just go through the experience. And so I love how you were saying about like, thinking, taking that time of maybe thinking about how it connects us to God as the creator and less of like an end product. Um, because even as this passage says, like it had to be reformed, Israel had to be reformed, the, the clay had to be reformed. Um, so maybe thinking going in with the creative process is like, this is a process. This is an experiment. Don't think so much about the end result, because as we've said, the end result may change. <laughs> so, right. right, right. There's actually a great book about that that I reference. It's called Art and Fear. And mm. it talks exactly about that, um, that when you're creating, you have this vision in your mind and it's never uh, fully realized when you go to create it. You're like, this isn't what I had in my mind. And it's because in your mind, you don't have an idea that's fully visually fleshed out. Most likely you have a feeling or an association attached to that thing. And so it can't be fully expressed because your mind doesn't fully see it. And I think that's really interesting to talk about and to remember too, like your mind is a great place, but actually executing it and having the skills to make the thing that you're imagining um, it's completely different. And something that you're thinking about might not actually really be a fleshed out idea in the first place. So something to keep in mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes the accidents, I don't know if you experience this with as a, a potter. But um, sometimes when I'm painting, I do find like, I'll make a mistake, quote unquote, but then I actually then it sparks something new, or I it turns out I like the mistake better. Can you relate to that? I can, there's a lot of experiments I'll do that it's just to see what happens. Um, and then someone else 
likes it so much they want to buy it. And I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just trying this, you know? Um, but if you don't ever experiment and some of them fail, most of them fail, honestly. But if you, if I never experimented, then I wouldn't grow in my creativity in that way. And I wouldn't learn what does work and what doesn't work, pushing the boundaries. I think that's something to remember too. Um, just constantly getting out of that safety zone, that comfort zone yeah. and experiencing something new. It stretches your mind and kind of helps you grow in that way towards the ideal perfection that we'll never reach, but it's right. fun to try. <laughs> and I think getting out of our comfort zones spiritually too, like trying new things like that can also, uh, I mean, I find that with prayer, I have my certain go-to things for prayer. Like I read scripture, obviously, um, but my, my spiritual director's been trying to get me to do more like creative things or centering prayer or like imagination kind of prayer um, because she wants me to get out of my comfort zone because then we don't grow if we don't get out of our our comfort zones, you know? Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I um, started journal prayer um, a couple of years ago and I've really, really enjoyed that Um, because I'm such a visual and kinesthetic learner, uh, just journaling my prayers and like writing them literally in a journal has just really helped me so much in my prayer life. Yeah, I was going to ask what kind of is your go-to or maybe what is like your stretch for prayer? Like maybe what, yeah, what are what's your go-to and then what maybe stretches you a little bit? Yeah, um, my go-to, I definitely prayer, uh, journal my prayers at least once a week. Um, and I just love having that time. Usually it's on a Sunday after church, I'll sit down with, um, I love matcha. So I'll make a cup of matcha and it's just mm-hmm. my matcha and God time and I'll um, read and write, um, write down my prayers. Um, stretching me is, um, probably praying in front of people, honestly, Mm. um, because of my surgery, I became really, really introverted. Um, that was kind of my nature anyway, but, um, that took it to a whole new level. And just recently it's within the past year, I've been helping out, um, as a volunteer youth leader at my church for seventh grade girls. And it's just been, um, so beautiful to watch them grow and to also watch myself grow as a leader and to see that God didn't expect me to have it all together. He just called me to serve. Um, but how much I've grown in that way. And of course I mess up or I don't say things exactly perfectly, or I have to explain things like they don't understand what I mean because I'm not making sense anyway, you know, (laughs) different things like that. Um, but praying in front of a group of about 27 grade girls that has really stretched me. Um, but it's just been beautiful to make those connections and relationships too. Yeah, I agree. This has been an amazing conversation. I really appreciate like hearing your story and this verse that you picked. Are there any last things you want us to say as takeaways from this verse? Um, takeaways are just remembering that God, um, has granted us all redemption and that there's nothing that he can't fix, even if our life completely falls apart, like the clay on the wheel. And, um, that's just something so beautiful that I'm constantly reminding myself to, um, is just that God is the ultimate potter. He knows exactly what's going to happen and to recognize that because he is creative and we're made in his image, then we naturally have creativity too, that he's embedded into us. Um, And discovering that creativity is actually honoring him. And I think that's just so beautiful. Hmm. Yes. Amen. And where can we find your book? Where can we find your work? So um, now's the time to plug, give websites, socials. Of course. I'll send you straight to my website. It's www.morganmccarver.com. It's just my name. Um, And from there, you can go ahead and pre-order God the Artist. It's available online wherever you buy books. And again, it'll release January 9th. And um, you can also shop my fair wholesale site, my Etsy site, 
you can sign up for my newsletter. I have some freebies on my website as well. They're um, beautiful little graphics of some book quotes. So you can kind of get a glimpse of what um, God the Artist is going to be like. And you can see pictures of my pots, sign up for um, my Instagram, connect with me there, and hopefully send me some pictures of your creativity challenges and ask me questions about pottery. I'd love to talk to you guys about that. I love that. I hope that everyone picks up her book. And I love the interactive piece of it that like there's something like an activity that you can complete and then share. So I would encourage everyone to do that. If you all want to find out more about this podcast or follow me, you can find me on Instagram at seven mile chats, all spelled out. I'm also on X, which used to be Twitter. And I tweet about things that are going on in my classroom as a Catholic educator. And you can find me there at Miss Struckley one M S S T R U K E L Y one. And I'd love to see if you want to be a guest, you can message me there. But Morgan, thank you so much for this conversation. Truly. Um, I hope everyone is inspired to, to try something. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Bye, everyone. Bye.